Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm not a betting guy, but for y'all that are, there's Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, like this weekend's Kentucky Derby. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. Y'all, we're here for another episode of Believe in Kentucky, Believe.com, Believe Podcast Network, alongside Double Zero, the 96 MOP, Tony Depp. My name is Vinny Hardy. What's up, TD? Nothing much, man. Nothing but a great day at ATL. I'm happy to be here. Uh, not complaining. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of, lot of other things that could be going on in my life and in the world, but, you know, just basically just being in a position where I can help people and, uh, you know, looking forward to working with some of my kids later, uh, helping them develop their game, especially my elementary kids. So we have a, a practice. Uh, I have two practices to, to attend. And then I have to do a uh, some training with some elementary kids, my five, I think it's six, seven, eight year old kids. So trust me, I have to get my, I have to get my mind right. You know, when I come think about working out with the younger kids, that's right. We got a big time guest on here with us. Um, a legend, a UK legend, over 1300 points, over 700 rebounds, over 200 assists. All at six foot four, he did this. He was an all American, talking about none other than number 22 himself, Mike Pratt. What's going on, Mike? Well, it sounds to me like TD's got his hands full with all those youngins. And, uh, <laughs> That takes a lot of patience, man. I, you know, <laughs> my mother taught seventh and eighth grade uh, English and math many, many years ago, and uh, she always would talk about the patience that's the characters they are at yeah. sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. But uh, she enjoyed it. She loved teaching, so I can and tell also, you love it too. And also attention span. You know what I'm saying? That attention span is about three seconds. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, yeah. what's next? Let's go do this. You know, you might have one kid over the corner talking. The other kid is, is listening. The other kid is dribbling the ball. The other kid wants to shoot. And one kid want to talk to his mom and dad. And it's just like, oh, my God. But, you know, I tell you what I have developed since I've started my TDBA is that I have developed patience. You know, and that's the one thing when I started coaching, um, you know, with Coach Cal at Kentucky, New Mexico State with Marvin Menzies, is developing patience with the, the younger generation. You know, it's a lot different from when Mike, 
myself played, you know, 20, 30 years ago is that, um, you know, these kids have a lot more distractions, you know, a lot more things to think about and worry about. You know, we could just walk in the gym. And, and it's so funny now that as soon as, you know, I give them a break, everybody's checking their phone. You know, I'm like, over there tweeting some, tweeting some, texting something. I'm just like, you know, I'm kind of jealous that we didn't have anything, but it kept us focused though. You got to think about what would keep you focused when you don't have that cell phone, you don't have the distraction, not worried about social media, what people are saying about you. So that's the one thing I, I think when I look back to coming from my little small town and eventually arriving in Lexington was being able to stay focused on my basketball game and not get distracted. What do you have to say about yourself, you know, as you grew up in a small town or just, you know, just growing up and navigating through, um, you know, through basketball? Well, first of all, let me say you, you were such a special player. It's hard for you to understand why somebody can't do things the way you did them or <laughs> have the same drive that you did. I mean, that, that's true. It's so true about guys that are special players. You, you just don't have that patience, even at a young age, let alone at college. I know you you saw that in college. You probably yeah. were frustrated at times in college. Mm -hmm. Guys don't pick it up quick enough or or they can't do it or don't want to do it your way, whatever it may be. It's very hard for guys that are special players like you. Right. And, um, I think that growing up in, in Dayton, Ohio, I grew up in the, in the uh, uh, blue-collar neighborhood, and we grew up riding our bikes to the playground, and we grew up playing on the playgrounds, um, which was, was good for me because the high schools were locked up in the summer, we either played baseball, football, or basketball at the park. My grandfather fished in streams, rivers, and lakes all over Kentucky. And he was great at adjusting and getting the right bait to catch the fish he was trying to catch. That's why he would have loved our newest sponsor, Monster Bass. Monster Bass is the fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to your door each month premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where you live and fish. No more guessing on which baits are going to work. Just leave it to the pros at Monster Bass. Basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide, and it's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They've got the best baits, from the best brands, and you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So if you want to catch bigger bass this season, head over to monsterbass.com and use the code CATS10, that's C-A-T-S and the number 10, to get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monster Bass now. And then as we got older, we figured out a way to go around Dayton and play at other parks. And it was a great uh, uh, learning lesson for me uh, on the on the floor and off the floor, guys, in, in the uh, it, it was just all about having fun then and playing, competing. You learned to compete. You didn't worry about your phone. You didn't worry about the internet because there wasn't. No, <laughs> but, no. But, but you learned to, to, to get PO'd at guys, get PO'd at the guys you, you played with, played against. It doesn't make any difference. But you learned to, when it was all over, you learned to put it aside. And then you, you also, when you played against the older guys, when you got your buns beat, you learned how they did it. You thought about how they did yeah. it. And you, you, you probably thought to yourself, TD, that, well, next time I'm going to get them on that situation. Right. I, I'm going to get them, right? 
So kind of kind of talk about, you know, it's funny you say, you know, like just riding your bike to different neighborhoods and just playing with the older guys. And, you know, as you as we see AAU has advanced, you know, our game from a standpoint of, you know, ranking these kids. And so every kid doesn't need to be played up a grade or two. And and, and my my take on it, your take might be different. I think if if you are a dominant kid, let's say you're six, four, six, five, and you're 11 to 12 year old kid and you are the best kid, you're a dominant kid on the floor, I could see that kid from a competition standpoint of moving up, but how today's game is, and, and, and it's, it's, it's these parents that want to play their sons and daughters a year up. How do you think about, you know, where the game is at right now compared to what it was 15, 20 years ago? Well, you know, I think that's, uh, I don't know if I would sacrifice my senior year in high school to go to college. I, I wouldn't do that because I had such a lot of fun in college. Okay. And, and I, and you did too. I could tell by the way you played the teams you played on. So would I, that will all happen, but I wouldn't sacrifice my, my high school, my last high school year, the high school teammates that you, uh, that you grew up with or, or played with until, until that point, uh, going to the prom, what, whatever it may be, whatever, that happens as a senior. I, I wouldn't have given that up. I mean, the NBA is not going anywhere. If you think no. by, by, <laughs> by moving up a year, it's going to help you. you. You can either play or you can't play. They'll find you. I don't care if you're playing at South Dakota State or Kentucky right. or New Mexico State. They'll find you. So I, I'm not in. I'm in for the, the young guys to and gals to take advantage of four years of high school because what they don't understand, I think, TD and Vinny, is how much, what a great leap that is from high school to college. And, and some guys can do it. Okay, Carl Anthony Towns, he didn't, um, he didn't move up a class, but he made the jump, let's say, uh, big time from his senior year to, to college. But I think Devin Askew is a guy that probably made a mistake in leaving high school. And mm -hmm. I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a correctable error, guys. I, right. I don't know. You know, he seems to, to want to flee from a tough year and go to Texas when he said he was, you know, he, he, he's from California. So he splits the difference. And right. I, I understand if you're happy, but did moving up that year, I think it affected his game and, and how he could adjust to the college game. Didn't have enough experience. And right. um, I, I'm against that. Now to, to your point, when I was playing uh, either at the parks, playgrounds, wherever, when I was growing up, you know, you, you had to hold the court, right? And if you were oh, yeah. on the right team, you could hold the court or you went to the end, right? And you yeah. sat. Okay. I remember that. So, yeah, you, I know you do. And, and many times that you got picked up when you're young on a team, because, you know, I was maybe six foot, I, six, three now. I, I might have been six foot in high school. And they said, okay, or eighth grade, come on, play with us. Well, if the wrong team picked me, I had to go back to the end of the line. I lost <laughs> my, my place, right? And, and but, but I'm learning from all that, okay? I'm learning that I want to stay up for three or four games until I get too tired. I learned right. from that. I learned to compete. That was a form of competition. And if you dislike sitting for a while, which sometimes was a long time, if you dislike that, you figured out how to get better, okay? Or pick a better team, right? <laughs> yes. You become a, what, what you do is you become a GM, you know? And yeah, yeah. You know, I know, yeah. I know Benny want to get some questions in here. I mean, I mean, this, 
This is my dude, Mike, uh, uh, Vinny. But you, but I, I think it's so funny that you said it, you know, and before we get to, you know, I know we only, only don't want to get too in-depth with what, we, what we're talking about right now. But, you know, I want to send, I know all of us want to send our condolences to, you know, to the Clark family. Um, we lost one of our own, um, you know, beautiful guy, didn't get a chance to showcase his skill set and, and um, let the world see how good he's going to be on a collegiate level. You know, I feel bad in so many ways for, you know, for Terrence, his family, um, and, and just our fans, you know, that, you know, we've seen kids come and go after one year and we've gotten a chance to see them and, you know, enjoy the experience with them. You know, we didn't really get a chance to enjoy the experience with Terrence like we have with so many others. I agree. And he shouldn't have gone. He should have stayed another year, but yeah. that's in hindsight. But I said that when he made his decision. But I remember uh, being a uh, sophomore and junior in high school and I lost two of my football teammates uh, over in Vietnam and a third guy I'd gone to uh, high school with over there. They, and I found out that they were 19 and 20. And I know how, how I thought I could remember finding out about these guys from people and thinking, man, how can that happen to somebody who's 19 years old or 20? And I, and I looked at Terrence Clark, I'm going, man, you know, this, this kid, you know, he, he just had his whole life ahead of him. Yeah. And I'm on the and I'm on the back nine of life. You're, you're probably in between the. I'm, I'm in the middle, man. I'm, I'm, I'm on the ninth hole, man. I'm on the ninth. I'm thinking, you know, like I said, God willing, if that man, if he comes calling now, I got, I got to go, man. You know, if it's yeah, now the ninth yeah. hole, it is what it is. But but this kid, he, it, it, it was so sad, and it reminded yeah. me of losing those three friends uh, when they went to Vietnam. So, um, uh, prayers and thoughts go to his family. Yeah, and the. The thing about it, you guys, because you guys traveled to the SEC tournament, you and Tom, right, Mike? That was the only yeah. game. Yeah, that's there. the first. Yeah, yeah. So, Tony, yeah. you were there doing radio. Mike, yeah. you were there um, for UK Sports Network. And he played the first seven games and got hurt. If you guys flash back to Jared Vanderbilt, you know how to – we know how Kentucky fans are. You guys know what the spotlight is like. A lot of fans were like, he's not going to play. He's tanking it. He's mailed it in. We heard the same things with Keon Brooks when, you know, things went a little longer than everybody thought with his injury. Keon comes back, and then you start hearing the same thing with Terrence. Boy, he's just he's just no Jared Vanderbilt. He's not going to play. And then he comes back the last game of the season, which happened to be that game against Mississippi State. We all saw him injured on the sidelines, but he was – you guys have been in huddles, know about team chemistry. He was always waving his towel. As bad as the season was, the dude seemed to be about as positive as you could be all the time, no matter what was going on. Yeah, he uh, – he, he, you know, I think Van, the Vanderbilt situation, I couldn't tell you what that was about, okay? I, I really couldn't tell you. But I, but I think the hangover from that uh, to the Big Blue Nation for – um, Clark and Keon, I think the hangover from that experience really hurt those two. And, and it's sad. Of course, I, I think it's a small minority of the fan base. Think about it that way. A large portion of the fan base wish the kid would come back, look forward to that young fella coming back. And I, I just think we've taken, TD, you, you could speak to this. I think we, we take, we lump everybody together versus the people that are yapping about something like that versus the ones um, that are still behind these young fellas. We have a tendency to lump it all together. Well, I, I think, 
you know, the issue I have is that people don't know how long your body, it, it takes your body to heal. You know, when you've had injuries, ankle injuries, uh, with me, I've, you know, my final and most painful injury was a ruptured my patella tendon. And, you know, a doctor can give you four to six weeks, six to 12 months. Um, but what doctor has actually gone through that? You know, what doctor ha has had to go back, go through a rehab for that amount of time? So really, they just put in a timetable on it, even with these organizations, as players have felt like, OK, they feel like, well, the doctor said it's not your it's, but it's not the doctor's body. It's my body. The doctor said you should be back by four to six weeks. What's taking you so long? So as a player, you start feeling the pressure. I don't think the fans understand until they have suffered an injury that takes longer than four to six weeks. We're not talking about, you know, just a I, I, I fall down, I get back up, I got a little scrape and I'm, I'm going to be fine. When you have something major to your foot, your knee, your ankle, your arm, your shoulder, it takes time. And I don't think people who haven't sustained an injury, they don't understand that. And even with trainers, I'm like, OK, trainers, you're rushing me back, you know. But once again, have you had this injury? Like I, when I suffered my injury, um, I wanted to talk to some people who have had the injury, who sustained the injury. You know, it only makes sense because. They went through it. And then even though they've gone through it, their body's different from my body, you know, but I'm not going to let a doctor organization, a coach rush me back. And I don't rush my players back. I said, listen, you come back when you feel your body's ready. Not so what I feel in my body, I can speak for you and your body and vice versa. So the kids, they know their body. So whether the fans, the, the coaches, staff, the trainers, like, Hey man, you should be ready right now. The doctor said you're good, but okay. What coach? What trainer, what doctor has, a, has had that injury and have to endure the rehab process? It takes time. So, you know, when you see players, you know, and it's like, oh, well, you know, he's just getting he getting the money now. He don't want to come back and play anymore. I'm like, no, 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 no. The competitors never leave you. But when you start feeling something, it doesn't feel right. And no, it might not ever be 100 percent. But, you know, when it gets to 90, 95, how you run, because what usually happens, Mike, and you know this, Vinny, is that you sustain another injury because you start overcompensating. I've been there, mm -hmm. done that before. When I had my first knee surgery, it was, um, I had tendonitis, went in, shaved some deposits off my, uh, some calcium deposit off my kneecap, and I had a meniscus tear. So the doctor was like, hey, you'll be back in, he gave me like, let's say two months. And uh, so started the season, I was like, okay, they're gonna slowly work me in on a minute restriction. And first game, somebody made a move, I tried to slide over, tweaked it I missed another 10 games because in my mind I knew I wasn't ready but I felt the pressure like TD when you're coming back man we need you back you know we you know we're losing a couple games man and, and we need your scoring so I'm like all right all right okay so even though I wasn't ready my, my mind was ready but you have to listen to your body oh I, I think you're spot on and, and uh, I do think agree with you 100% the average person uh, doesn't have a fine-tuned body that an athlete has at, at certain points in, in our careers. And they, they don't know how the body responds, a body tuned like that. They have no idea. And it is about a feel. And, and uh, I, I give Calipari and other coaches too credit because they're letting these guys uh, come at their own pace. The doctors, they're listening to the doctors, but they're also listening to the player. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back in the day when I played, they just said, well, 
Doc said, you can play, get your buns out there. So <laughs> you got your buns out there, you know, yeah. but things have changed. This is better now. It's better now to listen to the player who's trying to listen to his body. Well, well also, also, I think if, if you want to have a career pass a certain, excuse me, length of time, you better listen to your body. You know, it's, it's like taking care of your body and putting the right foods in, you know, and also the right, doing the right conditioning, but also getting the proper rest, not abusing your body, but listening to your body. And regardless of what somebody else might do is that I can't do what that person, you know, does with his body. My body's totally different. And I, I think that's, that, that's the study. When, when I look at these different studies about, you know, uh, the body and how, how much pain it can endure, the endurance part of the cardio part of it is, you know, you study different, different people, different individuals, you know, the, the, the heart rate. I mean, everybody has a, has a different heartbeat, but when you understand like what it takes to excel and also all the years of playing a particular sport, it's like a doctor gave this analogy that tone, it'd be like you driving your, your car, your car has, 400,000 miles on it and you haven't changed tires in 10 years you're going down the freeway and you have a blowout <laughs> and you're looking back and saying like man i wish i had changed them tires we can't go we can't we, we can't go to amazon and get a new a new leg a, a new a new kneecap some new ankles i mean it would be great to go out but once again your body is wear and tear on your body when you've been doing this for so long that eventually it's going to break down at some point in time. As great as LeBron has been, I mean, he's probably one of the few players in the history of this game that, man, you know, his body has held up. Now, he's invested a lot of money into his body, which rightfully so. I, I would have too because that body has given him, has made him, what, close to a billion dollars, you know, but uh, everybody's body is not like LeBron. And LeBron has been very lucky because I was, I was thinking about there was a streak of Michael Jordan of, like, 800, 900, some, something games of consecutive scoring, you know, and, and I remember this uh, when Michael played, I was like, man, that record would never be broken. And by God, LeBron James breaks that record. So imagine you play a game and you twist your ankle in the first quarter. When you six, let's say 600 games into this record, the record is gone. So we're looking at something that happened for Michael Jordan over a 10, 11 year span and I'm thinking, man, that dude, LeBron, is a special talent. Like you said, special talent. He's a special talent. Yeah, no question. And uh, it's amazing that his body is held up. I think he's starting to show some cracks now. But why wouldn't he? He's been playing at that level that hard since he's 18 years old. Man. I mean, you know, why wouldn't your body start breaking down, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you guys think a lot of people are talking like maybe the Celtics or, or team should still – draft Terrence Clark or honor him on the draft. A lot of people think Boston, since he's from that area, do you think something like that will happen in a couple of months when the draft rolls around? Well, I wouldn't want to say anything about anybody as far as NBA people, what they do with their draft choices. They've done some of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my <laughs> life, but, but, but saying that it would be quite a, a compliment to Terrence and his family, if they, let's say they, they've got multiple seconds and they don't yeah. think there's somebody there and they take Terrence. I, I, I would say they'd have to clear that through the NBA league office, yeah. but it would be, it would be a neat thing. I think it, it would be. And I have to agree with Mike, man. I mean, I, I would love that. You know, I, I think, um, the Brad Stevens, some of the players, 
who got to know him, who met him, you know, every, everyone had great things to say about him. And, and if the organization decided to do that, you know, which is the organization I played for, first-class organization, it, it speaks volume for just how they thought about him, but just, you know, doing something first-class, something that's, that's never been done before. You know, when, when a player is, you know, has declared, you know, and, and, and he puts his name out there, he wants to be an NBA player, you know, he's from that city. And probably grew up being a Celtic fan. You know, I'm sure he was sure, a Celtic sure. fan growing up. And, and this, like I said, it's just tough because, you know, as as I was replaying in my head, I'm like, man, this kid is getting ready for the draft. And I remember being a 22 year old kid. I remember working out Eric Bledsoe and John Wall and getting those guys ready, going and watching pre draft workouts, and 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 just how excited you know you were to to be a to at some point in time. I'm going to be an NBA player. I'm trying, I'm working out for NBA organization. So that brought just the instant excitement. And, you know, we also got to think about BJ, you know, BJ boss was right there with him, man. You know, it's just like, dude, we just finished working out. I, I, I can't even, I can't even like, when I think about it, you know, it's like going to work out with a, with a good friend and, you know, you're having fun and an accident happened. And not only act, but it's, it's a tragedy because now, you're not coming back from this. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's one thing to twist your ankle and be like, oh man, dang, he got hurt again. You know, he gonna be out for a couple of weeks. Like there's no coming back from that, you know? And I have to think about, you know, DJ, like this is going to stay with him for the rest of his life. You're right. You're right. He, he was the first one on the scene. And I've thought about that many times too. Every time he, he takes the floor, anytime he talks about, or they, somebody talks about his experience at Kentucky, it will be with Terrence Clark and, yeah. Every time he cashes a check or, or or plays a game, I'm sure it'll be in the back of his mind for a while. Maybe he'll work his way out, but he'll never forget it. Never. No, forget. no, no. And, and we don't know how it's going to affect, you know, a 19-year-old kid either, you know, just to, to see someone, a friend that you just finished working out with tragically die in front of your eyes, man, and, and there's nothing you can do. You know, I, I couldn't imagine just, you know, getting out of the car and going up and seeing him and, and man, I can't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, dang, you know, we just – we just had a good workout. Of course, we were just joking around, playing, having fun, and and and, and your life is over, man. It's like, yeah. wow. And I got to start my career, you know, with that in the back of my mind. But I'm, I'm sure he's going to honor him. He's going to do something special for him. It's, it's going to be, you know, he, he will never be forgotten. You know, I, I think when, you know, being a part of our family, you know, Terrence will, and so many other players who've come and gone, you know, you're part of our family. I think that's the one I've always loved Coach Cal, how he's been generous, generous with his time, but also he's allowed so many players not to say, hey, my job is in, je- in jeopardy or, you know, I feel threatened that somebody's trying to take my job. Is that when you have a coach that's secure and he want to see people succeed, you know, he's not one of those guys that, okay, man, I got to keep you here another year or two, you know, so it can help my, help my pockets. Coach Cal is taking care of when you have a lifetime deal. I mean, I mean, why am I so worried about, you know, guys that come and go, you know, these, these are the dreams that these guys live for. And, and I'm, you know, I want to get into the, um, the OTE, which is the overtime elite, which is going to be a new league starting up. And I know they, they put a lot of money into this league, but you know, it's, it's starting with 16 to 18 year old kids. I don't know how that's going to impact, you know, the collegiate game, the high school game, um, even with the G League being able to take players from high school. So there's so many different 
options for kids right now, as we talked about the distraction that we didn't have, these kids have so many distractions right now. And I'm thinking about this, this new league that's about to start up this, that I think they raised over uh, what hundreds of million dollars they raised for this league. I didn't, I haven't seen that number. Wow. Yeah. That's that's yeah. Overtime. Wow. It's going to be overtime elite and they're targeting 16 to 18 year old kids. And they're going to start them off with a hundred thousand. You know, TD uh, again, I think, uh, and, and, look, money's money. I get that. But I mean, we're, we're taking these young fellas youth away from them. I mean, look, even if they go to the G League or go to the NBA, if there's no one and done, there's still going to be 18 and 19 year old fellas with older guys, older guys, experienced guys. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're put they're put into a different world. And now some some fellas, their mother moves or dad moves up with them to take care yeah. of them at that young age. And I think it's wonderful. You know, I, I've got this this saying that the most influential group to these young guys are family which many times can be terrific but many times there's there's family people that get involved that don't know what they're talking about and there's <laughs> friends there's friends and some friends are great support system and yeah. some are just hanging on to take advantage of whoever that player is and then there's the fools the people that hang around them they have no clue are just like bloodsuckers <laughs> now, you know and, and I say that respectfully to the family but it's true because these young fellas, they, they're immature. They, they don't know. You know, they think they know, but they don't know. You know that. I mean, right. and, and so you put them in a situation where the odds of the majority of them are against them to succeed because they're so damn young. Mm-hmm. There's so many other things going on in the world around them, as you said. But, you know, I, I would say try to put your, your young fellow, your, your young lady in a situation where the odds favor them to be successful. Yeah. And, and I don't see a 16 or 18 year old kid being paid a hundred thousand dollars a year and, and missing out on a large portion of his high school is, is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, being successful, you know, coming off of a, a nine and 16 season, um, you and I talked about it on the phone last week, Mike, about how changes have to be made. And, and we see some changes in the coaching staff, we see Tony Barbie going to Central Michigan. Joe Justice is now at Arizona State as a top assistant. And looks like Orlando Antigua is going to be back and possibly Chin Coleman from Illinois. Your thoughts, your guys' thoughts, because you guys are both coached and done all those things as well. You guys' thoughts on the way the staff appears to be coming together. Well, you know, I talked to I talked to Calipari last summer, and, and he was uh, he was talking last summer about uh, he needed assistance would uh, recruit twenty four seven. He said to me, he said the game's changed. The game you know and I know, and and I will say this: the game TD knows as far as recruiting, it's not that way anymore, and it's a twenty four seven year, twenty four seven hours uh, a day. Um, I think that. Uh, you know, the recruiting has tailed off some, not a lot, but some. And uh, I think that uh, he, he, he knew he needed to make a change or two. But Tony always wanted to be a head coach again. More power to him. Take off and, and get it done. I wish you well. And, and right. I know Tony and, and hope he's, hope he's, it's a great fit for him. And Joel was trying to find his way. And, and he tried to get that Radford job, guys. And he tried to get the UNC job. And UNCG, 
couldn't get right. either one of them. So maybe he thought that if I go to Arizona State where I have some West Coast connections, I might have a better job of moving on. And uh, for a young assistant, not an older assistant, but the young assistant, climbing that ladder, TD, is the most important thing. That's why you went to New Mexico State. You thought you were climbing the ladder. Yeah. And that was a yeah. step along the way up. And yeah. So you Joel's have, in that same situation. And you have to trust and take a risk. You know, you have to trust and believe in, you know, who you are as an individual. And, you know, I know someone someone told me years ago, even when I was on Coach Cal staff, it was like, you know, you don't want to spend – they say after four years, you should be off of staff. You know, that coach should either have helped you move on because you try – you start getting complacent. And you don't want to get complacent with, with knowing that you have, you know, you know, you want to be the head coach at some point in time. And, and here's the thing about organization, not organization, but uh, universities that they have to hire you at some point in time and make you a head coach. Every, every coach that became a head coach, other than maybe Beeline, you know, I think he's been a head coach at, at every stop he's been every at. Stop. He never, yeah. he never yeah. had to be an assistant. I say most, most coaches are assistant coaches. And when you go to these universities, ADs are talking about, well, you don't have any head coach experience. How am I going to, how am I going to get the head coach experience if someone doesn't hire me? You know, you can only be an assistant for so long before someone take a risk and say, you know what, you paid your dues. It's time for, it's time for us to hire you and make you our head coach and believe in you and trust in you and, and, and give you the resources to be successful because, you can't be successful with not having the right resources. And when I think about, I got to, Oh, and I worked together, you know, along with Kenny Payne and, you know, those guys were tirelessly on the road working and, and bringing in recruits. But I just think kids just have so many more options right now. I don't think every kid in their mind, I have to go to Duke. I have to go to North Carolina. I have to go to Kentucky. You don't have to go to the blue bloods to be an NBA player. I mean, it is just, I know Cal is like, man, we losing recruits. I'm like, not really. I mean, you get, you're going to get the recruits that want to come. The ones that don't, they see they picture, you know, brighter somewhere else. You know, you take Kate, Kate uh, Cunningham is that top player. You know, he didn't go to a blue blood. He was fine going to Oklahoma state and he's still going to be drafted number one. So I don't have to go to a blue blood to be drafted in the NBA or have a higher draft pick. I don't have to do that anymore. So that selling point is not there anymore. Oh, you got to come to our university. You know, you're going to have all the TV games. You're going to have all the resources. Kids know differently. Now. Kids have their own social media. I have my own marketing. I have my own marketing right now with my with my cell phone. These kids can go and look at their phone, and and, and right now they can sell themselves. You know, we, we look at – we probably know the top players coming out next year just by them having a social media platform. So – they have platforms now that kids even 10 years ago didn't have. And, you know, even probably five years ago, these are kids that have basically, they have a fan base. They, they actually bring value to universities now because of they have followers. I, I think there's a lot of, a, a lot of truth to that TV. And I think that the sad thing about it, a couple of things is it's like KP. I've known KP since, you know, he came out when he was at Louisville here. And uh, then we brought him in with the Hornets uh, on a 10-day deal. Um, I, I think the world of the guy. And, uh, you know, he, he's been an assistant a long time, in nine years at Kentucky. Um, 
I think a tendency we all have is that we say, I'm not leaving. I, I've got a good spot. I'm making a lot of money. I'm at a, a high profile school. I'm just not going to take Moorhead State or, or you name it, uh, <laughs> a, a job that's been perceived to be low major or mid major. I'm going to hold out for Georgia. Well, right. the fact of the matter is L passed on KP and they shouldn't have. And I don't know, Chris Mack, I, I, I have nothing to um, against him. But, but I know they should have hired KP, but they yeah. were afraid to because he, they said he'd never been a head coach. But he was one of their own. So I, I, think, I think KP finally realized that, look, I, I'm not, I can't wait around for this top job right. and hope I get it. I need to better myself and my resume by going to the Knicks. And, and that might be a better jumping off spot for him. But, but also, I think is you know, to your point, um, taking a risk. I mean, somebody had to hire yeah. Mac. Mac. Mac just wasn't no off-the-street dude that became a head coach. I mean, you know, he had, somebody had to, had to take a risk and say he was, a, he was an assistant coach. So, to me, I hate that excuse for any AD president to use that excuse for not hiring someone. Shame on them. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Really, it is. Because, you know, just because you hire – a head, an experienced head coach don't guarantee that you're going to be a successful team, you know? So yeah, I agree. I hate my Think about all the coaches who got fired who were head coaches this year. <clears throat> okay. You hired them as a head coach. You fired them as a head coach. So don't use the excuse. I'd rather for you say, you know, tell me you don't want to hire me. Don't tell me I'm not qualified. Don't hit me with this. Oh, you know, you don't have any head coach experience. I don't care about that. You know, is that I know I can coach. My players believe in me and the coach that I'm working for, you know, he's going to have my back because he sees me every day. When you don't, we, when you just meet me once for an interview and you make that judgment, you make that call. It's like, you know, before I even walked in here, you already, in your mind, you had already hired someone else anyway. So why, so really you just wasting my time, you know, and that's, and I didn't want to get, I didn't want to be in that situation. And as I was, you know, coming up the ranks, I was like, I'm going to make a decision that's going to be best for Tony Dell. You know, and I'm not chasing something that I know I'm qualified to be a head coach. I'm not, you know, I've been around this game for too long. I've been around too many good coaches. I'm watching video. Uh, I have a pulse on today's game. And, but I'm not, I don't have, I don't want to keep trying to sell myself to someone when I'm like, okay, are you qualified to do your job? You know what I'm saying? Somebody had to hire you too. So they took a risk. You know, you didn't yeah. just come off the street and they say, hey, we're going to make you the AD. Somebody had to hire you and you had to, you know, had to get the experience and be in the position to, to be hired and had to go in and do an interview. And they say, you know what? All right, I, I think I'm, I'm going to hire you and you're going to be our AD now. Same same exact scenario, but it's like it's different when it's, 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 it's an inexperienced coach that comes in that doesn't have a head coach experience and you're not looking at it. It's like somebody had to hire me and make me put me in this position as well. Sure. You, you want to find a job as an assistant where you have a chance to succeed because you're yeah. climbing that ladder. But I think too many coaches look at uh, look at some jobs, look down their nose at some jobs and we're going to wait for the Georgias or the Alabamas, whatever it is. And, you know, it's it's like the guy at Alabama. Now, he was a high school coach and Bobby Hurley brought him. I got to know him and brought him to Buffalo. And then he got the head coaching job when Hurley left. And now he's at Alabama. He, he's moved up the ladder. He's climbed up the ladder. And uh, I, I just think it, the impatience, not only in the high school players, but, but in 
a lot of ADs, uh, the impatience in who they hire, they want an instant success. They want to win the press conference. You've heard that, you know, that's the most important thing. And then what happens later on happens, but it really starts with hiring a person that you feel can do the job. It's got nothing to do with whether he's an assistant or head coach. It's whether you do your research, you do, you talk to people. And if they say Tony Belt, Tony Delk's ready, Tony Delk can do the things you want. Uh, you, you take Tony Delk. Okay. You don't ask the question whether he'd ever been a head coach or not. I mean, you're asking about Tony Delk for a reason. There's interest. Someone told you he's, he's a hot property in the assistant coaches ranks. You're talking to him for a reason. Don't back out at the other end on the way out the door and say, Oh, by the way, Tony, you've never been a head coach. That's bullshit. You know, <laughs> I agree. And, 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 I, and, it, and there's the thing, Mike, I've always felt that way, you know, now I, I think I, I can say it because I feel it. And I, I know it's true. It's true. For, it's true for so many people that they have to spend so many years trying to prove themselves and you're wasting valuable years of your life to try to prove to someone that, you know, you can be successful if I'm giving the opportunity, that's all I want. Yeah. Opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's all you open the door. Let me walk through. That's it. Let's say this real quick before you wrap it up. Cause I know TD, you got to run. Everybody check Mike out ESPN 680. He's doing a show 10 and noon with the great Dan Issel. So two legendary cats doing their thing weekdays, 10 to noon. And if when you watch a game, Mike, what hat do you wear? Coach, analyst, former player. What hat do you put on when you're watching a game just in your living room? I try to get a hat with a cap uh, on the front that says coach and one on the back that says player. Hey. Okay. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I try not to uh, beat the kids up, the young guys up. I try not to do that. I will point out when something's not working. But, but I try not to make it a point where you say, okay, Ben Hardy, he's not doing this, this, and this. You can say it differently and get your point across without naming names, okay? Um, or maybe it's a bad shot, an ill-advised shot. Um, I, I just think that you got to got to remember when you coached, uh, how you felt, and when you played, how you felt. That's, that's where I go from. Man, we – Thank you for hopping on. I'm here with the legend double zero, the legend 22. Enjoyed it thoroughly. And I have to definitely get you on again, Mike. Uh, and hope you enjoy the Derby this weekend. And we hope it's good weather for once. Sorry about that, y'all. We lost our audio right at the end of the show as we were wrapping up. But thanks again to Mike Pratt for hopping on the show. We always enjoy hearing his call on the UK Sports Radio Network with Tom Leach as they bring the games to us each and every night throughout the season. You guys can follow Mike on Twitter at MikePratt22. Follow TD at TLDelk00. Follow me at Vinny Hardy. And follow the show at Believe in Kentucky on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Be sure to check out our friends at La Terrain. Dave and Ben continue to do their thing with the just fire time pieces, the great watches, the commemorative 25th anniversary edition for the national championship team for the 96 squad, the red crest, the compass, so many different varieties and styles of watches. Be sure to check them out at La Terrain, la-terrain.com. And also check out each of these episodes of Believe in Kentucky on a sea of blue. We'll see y'all next time. And also congrats to UK volleyball. We'll give them some love on some upcoming episodes too. 
Take care. This has been another episode of Believe in Kentucky presented by Bet Online. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.